You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Luckily, the fortnight has rolled around and it happens to be the fortnight when one of our very special people who makes the podcast work is Dr. Ben Fordham, MD, from Sydney, the star of uh, television and radio in this very nation. And uh, coincidentally, Doc, if you're on the line, how are you? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Good. Now, I'm on Friday, we're going to a man that you've put just nudged into the shade over the years, but we're going to the farewell lunch for Neil Mitchell down here. So um, I'll oh, say... Oh, mate. I love, I love Neil. He, he can be cranky from time to time, but I'll tell you what, I've always admired the fact that uh, he's never in anyone's pocket. He's always someone who's happy to get people offside, including Daniel Andrews, many, many times over the years. And, I mean, how petty for Daniel Andrews as a Victorian Premier when he was running the joint to never get on the air, have a debate, have a discussion. I love politicians who are willing to have it out, whether you agree with them or disagree with them. And um, Daniel Andrews clearly just decided, you know what, I'm not going to win against Neil, so he ran a million miles. But, look, Neil's not retiring, but it's great that... You're farewelling him from the morning shift uh, on Friday morning. I wish I was there. Yes, um, one of the more one of the other disgraceful things the the ex premier did here, and of course Neil is a curmudgeon. He's yeah, def- I think that's a good description. I think that's a good description. I'll tell you what, he's got a very strong judgment gene. I always think that when I listen to him on issues, whether it's related to the country, the state, or the world, he generally gets it right and in a show like that when you're live and it's unpredictable and you've got to tell people what you think off the cuff chances are that you're going to get a few things wrong or you're going to be at odds with uh, common sense but he seems to be on the money most of the time so well done to Neil. Just before we speak to you about what we want to speak to you about the next day Mm. is uh, I got asked to but I can't go to Darren Hinch's 80th birthday so he's done well with someone else's liver and he's uh, made it through to uh, four score and uh, I don't know if you got on with him or you knew him but uh, yeah yeah Darren Darren gave me advice when I started doing my own radio show. Uh, I did a drive time show to begin with on 2GB. And Darren called me up and he said, now listen, are you throwing things out at the end of the show? And I said, I'm sorry, Darren, I don't understand what you mean. What do you mean? He said, well, the plans that you had at the start of the show, are you throwing them out by the end of the show because other stuff has come up and you've decided to run with it instead? And I said, yeah, a little bit. He goes, well, that's the sign of a good show. The sign of a good show is that you went into the show thinking it was going to go in one direction and it goes in another. So I've always remembered that. And look, he's another one who hasn't really been too fussed with trying to win popularity contests and an interesting character. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, isn't it, when it comes to radio and rivalries and things like that, because I know that there was a famous incident some years ago where I think it was Darren Hinch, and he was with an old radio host from Sydney called Bob Rogers, and they were down on the Woolloomooloo Wharf somewhere in Sydney, and another radio host came past, I think it might have been John Laws, and there was some four-letter words used, and I think a C (laughs) word that was thrown around, and you know, they just love throwing bombs at each other. But um, now, listen, speaking of throwing bombs, yep. what about Tony Sheehan last week on the You Cannot Be Serious podcast? 
Well, I know. Tone rang me up today, oh, yesterday, and he said, am I on today? And um, uh, I said, well, you're not, because incidentally, we had an ex-politician called Heidi Victoria, believe it or not. She's meant to be here. I don't know where she's got to. And I said, don't come in uh, tomorrow. This is yesterday, Tony, because mm. we got Heidi in, but Heidi hasn't turned up. I don't know where Heidi's gone. Anyhow, um, uh, so uh, Tony said, oh, Ben Fordham said that he thought uh, he, he knows. So I, I said, well, well that's I, endorsement I enough. I sent a message to you and to Tony, and I said the same thing. I said, I found that very entertaining. Like, I don't know why he wants to kind of put you on the spot, but I don't really care. I just find it really interesting and entertaining when when people are being challenged a little bit. And yes. let's face it, Sam, you kind of you kind of have it your own way quite a bit. I mean, you like to to run the race Sam's way and no one else's way, and that's fair enough. It's your podcast, and you're old enough and cranky enough to do it the way you want to do it. But when someone like Tony sits down and starts putting you on the spot, I, I mean, I. I, I lean in. I, I lean into the it. speaker. I enjoy So I think it. you should do that again. I think you should get him in at some stage. And then at some stage after that, we'll get out the gong. You know, Red Simon's on Hey Hey, it's Saturday, where he gets a gong in. out and you go, right, oh, gong him, Red, get rid of Tony. But I wouldn't mind hearing that at some stage, considering he's, he's talked himself up as some kind of chief interrogator, like he's going to cross-examine you and he's going to bring you unstuck. Well, I want to hear it. I, I, I want I want him to improve his skills as an interrogator or an interviewer uh, because I only got a little taste of it last week. Now, I want to ask you the one serious thing and one light-hearted thing. We'll do the light-hearted thing first because I, I think you uh, foresaw this about the man who said people up on the Gold Coast were wearing far too skimpy outfits and he found it was distressing. Mind you, he did say, he said, he inadvertently looked at one of these people wearing a thong or a couple of Band-Aids and a cork and uh, he said, he said, I inadvertently looked, he said it was a pleasant view, he said, but I think it's giving the wrong message. What, uh, how, seriously, in this day and age, could you be bothered? I know, like, he, he was looking at these beautiful women on the beach with their teeny, weeny, tiny bikini bottoms, and he apparently looked for so long <laughs> that he then reached the conclusion that he didn't like what he was looking at. Well, I, I, as I said to Ian Grace when I interviewed him on radio earlier this week, what about the boat blokes in the budgie smugglers? I mean, that hardly leaves too much to the imagination particularly when you're carrying a few extra kilos like me and you've got a bit of a, a veranda over the tool shed. Um, you know, the, the budgie smugglers can't be the most attractive look in the world, but I'm not going to complain. I mean, when you see a beautiful body and if you're attracted to the female form and you see that and you can appreciate it, oh, look, I don't think there's anything better in the world. Doc, now, who's, I who's will acknowledge complain? this. Doc. I will acknowledge this, right? Yeah. When it involves someone who is younger and related to you, that's when it can become a little bit uncomfortable. And that's happened to me where I've kind of got, like, you know, my my younger relatives, you know, my, my nieces, for example, they're yeah. growing up. You know, I, I've been used to them being tiny little kids running around and whatever, and then all of a sudden you go, oh, it's summertime, and okay, the, the swimsuits seem to have changed, and I can see your whole bum now... You know, that's that's not for me to go telling people what to do. And guess what? When it's my daughters, they'll say to me, mind your own bloody business. Because the point is, women want to be able to wear what they want, 
what makes them happy, what they're comfortable in, and any bloke who tries to go giving them a lecture, well, you're going to have two things happen. You're going to have the women say, shut the hell up, it's none of your business. And you're going to have the other blokes who like perving on those beautiful women saying, shut the hell up, it's none of your business. Now, Doc, I don't want to pull you up, but you're just being a fraction politically incorrect. There could be some very good-looking blokes that people like to look at as well. Men like to look at very good-looking... No doubt. Yes. Uh, no doubt. Now, who have you got there with you today? Uh, the muff man hang, there. Hang yep, on. He's here. He's here. Just, oh, ben, yeah, I can you? hear you there, Muff Ben. Yep. Geez, haven't you, haven't you really attached yourself to the podcast? You made one appearance, we gave you a rap and said you go okay. Now oh, it's dear. like a siege situation He's where become, you can't get him out of the building. He's become a limpet. <laughs> siege mentality, yeah, bunker mentality here. Just before you go on, Doc, you mm. mentioned Ian Grace. Should I know, is that a, 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 a companion, is that an associate of yours or is that the bloke who complained? No, that's the bloke who complained. So you He's had the guy him on, did you? The Gold Coast. Yeah, I had him on oh, earlier in the week. I, I thought, oh, he, he won't come on. He's not going to want to talk about it. But you know what I'm, I'm now doing? On Friday morning on our radio show, I'm going to be interviewing a woman from the Gold Coast who's now launching a counter-protest this Friday on the Gold Coast, and they're calling it Free the Peach. Free the Peach. In other words, <laughs> yeah. get think- the bum out. Show off your backside 100%. and be proud of what you've got. What do they call it? A bit of junk in the trunk? I think that's what yeah, they say. I was going to say, I bet Ian, when, call. When, when Ian inadvertently looked and his hard-on disappeared, I bet he just went straight to the phone and then <laughs> thought, no, that's a, I don't like to get firm in my bathers while I'm on the beach. I think anyone well, suggesting, let, let, I think anyone suggesting covering up is un-Australian. Let's just put that out there. Yeah, anyone that's right, right. I mean, you know, if someone wants to tell you to cover up because you're going to get sun cancer or whatever well that's that's i'll leave that up to mums and dads to have that conversation but anyone else the problem the problem up it. at the the gold coast is though it's it attracts so many beautiful people so there's so many good looking guys good looking girls so you were just up there ivan of course <laughs> I, had ivan on I saw it all Don't but i must i must say though he's um he's on the money though there is so many g-strings up there that it is almost you, could use, you could use them as dental floss uh, do you remember the first time, Ivan, do you remember that first time as a kid when you're at the beach with mum and dad and you looked over and you saw someone sunbaking topless? It was just one of these moments. It was like... Yeah, you I know, was down the, the beach every week after that. that yeah, was, just, it was like the you know the kids' version of, of winning the lottery uh, three days question, in a row though. where you were like... you that, know. And I remember, I remember walking away and saying to mum... How come she doesn't? And mum would say, "Come on, keep walking. Don't worry about it. You know, mind your own business." But um, so yeah, do you have too many? Do you have any topless beaches and stuff like that in Victoria? Yeah, well, are they still a thing? Well, uh, we we have a couple, but uh, we we don't have the weather to get the Bristol's <laughs> no, out. They we had our week. We had our summer on the weekend, didn't we, Sam? We had two days yeah. of thirty six, uh, and that's back to cold yeah, now. You, you get the Bristol's out here in our climate, and your nip, nips go as hard as Chinese arithmetic. <laughs> And look, I know that you go to that swingers club anyway, right? So when you need to excite yourself, Sam, you don't need to be going to some nudist beach. You just go to that swingers joint, right? Yes, thank you, Doc. Now, Doc, I just I, do you draw the line at people going topless? Is that all right for the women to go breast? Or just That's have, fine. Oh, wow, Doc, yeah, this is That's fine. I mean, I don't. It's not going to upset me. I mean, I'm a very difficult person to offend. I've. I, I don't know. I think you'd have to sit down with a with a group of geniuses to work out a way to offend me. I, I mean, I, apart from maybe attacking a, a family member or a friend or something like that, then I, 
I tend to get a bit offended on their behalf and want to go into battle and rip people's heads off. But apart from that, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it, look, okay. You're not now that I think about it, not easily if triggered. a bloke if a bloke came in to a work environment, butt naked, and sat down on the computer and started tapping away, I might say, "Hey, mate, what are you doing?" Right. <laughs> Then again, if a female did it, I might be saying the same thing. But you know, I don't know. I mean, well, funnily enough, most people most people like looking at beautiful people, right? Ah, it's just a, so it's a human trait. It's so, a human trait. So if you're attracted to women and you see an attractive woman, you're going to like looking at it. So if you're attracted doc, to blokes and you see an attractive bloke, you're going to look. There's the conundrum, Doc. What happens if the porkers invade the beach, men and women alike, <laughs> and you can't see the string bikinis because they've gone up their coits and their breasts, mm. uh, they're stepping on their breasts as they move from uh, area to area. That's when it becomes, uh, that's when it becomes uh, not pleasant. Yeah, you stay classy, Sam Newman. I'm glad that you brought up, you know, such a graphic description. And and tell me, Ivan, how are you, mate? Is everything okay? Any internal problems at the podcast that you're having to iron out at the moment? No, I don't see any problems here this morning. So uh, uh, We just I, wish you'd put his clothes on, though. He just keeps coming to <laughs> yeah, come in here naked, <laughs> and we just don't and know how to mention it to him. And what about Tony Sheen, Ivan? Because I trust your judgment. As yep. you know, we're good mates. Tony Sheen, is, is this going to be... Interesting or, or a no-go zone, the idea of, you know, Tony Look, versus Sam for a podcast? Oh, no, it's very, very interesting. As long as um, Tony's got a bit of material, and I think he does. Yeah, yeah. I think he has more material than what he's allowed to let out. He's no, quite Tony's, fiery. Quite fiery. He is. He's different, but he's good. Mm. A bit, bit like Eldie. So, so and have we, we heard from have we heard from Don Scott at all? Like, just, has anyone heard from Don? That was the next thing I was going to say. You, we've got we, we've now taken. I think it might have been to your advice, but not necessarily at the start of the podcast. We read out comments. We get on Facebook and uh, Instagram and X, and um, a lot of them, a lot of them say, "Where's Don?" And we miss Don. Mm. And uh, I can say we miss Don. I miss we do. I miss I miss most of Don. Some of the other some of the things I don't miss about him. But um, I, I'm at a loss. I thought this we handed this project over to you. I'm I'm yeah. no, we Don. People miss Don, and we miss him. But uh, we we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I know. It's now looking like it's going to be uh, in the next financial year that I'm able to actually resolve this issue. It, it's become a lot more complicated than what I first appreciated, so I'll just keep on chipping away. But, Don, we know you listen, so now you know where we are. You just need to turn up and turn the microphone on and eat the chips and break all the equipment and we'll be and back headphones. and everyone can will be we happy get, again. Can we get Tim Watson-Munro, the psychologist, onto the case, mate? Maybe we have to, you know... Oh, <laughs> yes. So he's on today, right? Yes, we've, yeah, we, he is. Uh, now, I, uh, now, Doc, I did text Don and I said, uh, the last uh, communication I've had with Don is I said, Don, I'll give you carte blanche to do whatever you like. You can fiddle, you can dismantle pens, you can pull the microphone off, you can eat, you can interrupt. I said, you do whatever you like. If, that's, if that pacifies you, uh, come on back. And that's it. I never heard anything more from him. Uh, Suzanne, uh, Suzanne Stanley, uh, OAM, she uh, converses with him occasionally, but I don't think she's having much luck either. All right. Well, I'll, um, I'll reach out to him and now, see how we go. And, do yeah, your best, Tom. Um, now, I now can I just yes. can I just end with a bit of a? Uh, oh, a quick I had a serious question. On go thing. go ahead though. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, you hit me first. You go first. I I, I, I 
I know what I'm saying here. So um, uh, plenty of people do horrendous things uh, of all different persuasions and races and uh, Caucasians and that. I said, uh, but the people, the youths of African appearance, uh, Doc, that um, murdered the woman, uh, whatever her name was. Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Yes, allegedly. Um if you are, this is, just goes for anyone, if, is there a case to be had if you are not born in this country or not naturalised, is there a case for those people, not those people particularly, but people who transgress to be deported? Deport them, yes. It depends it on their citizenship status. No, 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 it does happen. It does happen. It depends on their citizenship status. So, and I'm talking here in general terms and away from that case at the moment because it'll still go before the courts. Bloody tragic case involving the grandmother in Queensland, 70 years of age, Violin and out doing the shopping with a little granddaughter as well. Can you imagine your grandchild watching on while that goes down? And So we'll leave that case to one side. But on the question mark about people being accused of serious crimes and whether they can be deported, if they're an Australian citizen, it cannot happen. If they're a citizen of another country, it can happen. If they're a dual citizen, then it comes down to negotiation, really, between countries. But let's face it, the other country generally says, we don't want them if they're accused of something terrible uh, in Australia. So Peter Dutton, when he was the Minister for Home Affairs, he kicked more foreign criminals out of the country than any other person ever has. Mm. He punted heaps of them. But here's the thing. There's this mob called the Administrative Appeals Tribunal and they can actually come in after the minister's decided this person's gone. The AAT can come in and say, no, we're overturning that decision, they can stay. And they've done this with rapists and murderers and people who've offended against children. So, look, it does happen, but only in exceptional circumstances. And at least there are some politicians like Peter Dutton who are tough enough to say, look, I don't care whether people are going to perceive this as nasty or mean, I'm not going to have these people in the country if we can kick them out. But he just becomes a paper tiger, he and anyone who does do that. If the courts can over, or an appeals tribunal can overturn it, what in the hell, what is the, what is the point of it? I've got a good little legal story that I'm doing on the radio show tomorrow. Can I just give you, yes. a, just, I'll, I'll give you the little one minute version of it, right? Just imagine this. There's a 73-year-old bloke who was parking his car in Sydney. And you know those little concrete barriers and whatever in car parks? Yep. You know, yeah, like know. there was two sections of the car park and there's a little one just up to your knee, like a concrete barrier, right? He bumped into it in the car park, right? Concrete, bumped into it, drove away. Someone called the police, took a photo of his licence plate. Three police officers turned up to his house and they charged him. Right, for bumping into a block of concrete. So his wife then writes to me and says, look, we were off dropping off a repaired pram at a charity store. This is what we do with ourselves. I'm 70, my husband's 73. We've got all sorts of health issues. And now my husband's got to go before court, even though he's never had any blemish to his driving record in his life. Anyway, I had a look at it and I sent it through to the New South Wales Police Commissioner and said, does this sound right to you? Within 48 hours, charge dropped against the 73-year-old. And it made me wonder, you know, if you don't have a lawyer or a family member who can help out 
or a radio host who you can call. What happens to someone in a situation like this? Presumably, they go before the courts and they end up with a record against their name. And this guy is terrified about it. Like, until we sorted it out for him, and we're going to break this story tomorrow, he was thinking, hang on a moment, like, I'm in big trouble here. I'm going to court. I'm going to have a conviction. It just makes you wonder. If you don't have someone to ring to say, hey, can you give me a hand? You wonder what happens to some people when they find themselves in that kind of situation. Now, two things. Did, did he damage the concrete block? No. Well, what happened, I then called the motor mechanic. It was their car park, right? And I said, what's going on? Like, I don't want you guys to come out of this looking bad. So tell me. And what happened? A mechanic heard a bang. And then someone who was in charge on the day went, well, look, we're only tenants here. So just in case the landlord says, hang on a moment, that, you know, that concrete wall has leaned a little bit after he broke, busted into it or something like that. They thought, we'll just cover our bums and we'll just put in a, a police report just in case it becomes an insurance issue. But the idea that three police officers then jumped in their car, drove across mm. the other side of town, and then when you meet the person and you discover, hang on, this is a, a 73-year-old with an impeccable driving record, and we're not talking about him running into a kid or a class full of students, or a house, he bumped into a piece of concrete, and they still thought it was a good idea to charge him. So anyway, we're going to sort that one it's out crazy. tomorrow. Now, can, I leave you, can I leave you with this question? Crazy. Can I leave you with this question? And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Well, just before you leave gentlemen. it, I'm just saying, here's the moral of the story. If you are in distress, no greater person to get in touch with than the great Dr. Fordham. Just speak to him and your <laughs> Man of the people will be solved. So go ahead. No, I'm, the Batman well, of the Well, I'm very happy, about, very happy about that. Okay, I just want to leave you with this question. What's the difference between a light on and a hard on? Ooh, you know, we know, I, I know that. You can go to sleep with a light on. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say it. <laughs> All Boots. the best, Doc. Very good. Good on you, boys. You, good on you, Doc. All the best. Love See you later. Bye-bye. Love you, mate. Uh, well, right, so we went. So we'll just continue on there because uh, that was the Doc was at the start of that. This is a called part one, I think, or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so there we are. So that's uh, we'll turn that off, and before anyone else rings, we'll turn the Bluetooth off, and uh, I'll just turn that off there because this is just a man in progress trying to work out how to do things. So that's it. Uh, so um, there's a whole lot of things that we were going to uh, speak about. Well, we'll be probably still up. I just want to tell you about... Uh, i tell you how people just take advantage. Um, I, I got an Apple phone, an Apple... What do I get? I got an uh, iPhone. iPhone 15 Pro Max. Mm. Uh, and um, it... Um, malfunctioned. Malfunctioned. It did. And uh, we, I, spoke to uh, the Apple representative on the other side of the world. Tim Scott? Uh, the CEO? Did you no, get onto him? Was, no? no, they yeah. put you onto so all the boffins over there. Uh, the thing overheated, you couldn't couldn't hang on to it, and it wouldn't take iMessages and all that. And yeah. so we, uh, uh, the reason I'm telling you this is uh, we I spoke to a man over in um, 
Well, he was in the Philippines. Malaysia? And, uh, uh, besides, uh, all I could hear is his chooks in the background. <laughs> he, 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 well, he's got to raise the, the chooks. Crow. They uh, don't pay that much overseas, Sam, so they've got to uh, no, and, and, raise the chooks and, as and well the, as do the call centre. the rooster kept crowing, and I, uh, in the end I said, right. uh, he was telling me about the technical aspects of what they were doing, yeah. and the engineers were looking, and I said, can I ask you a question? His name was Renz. Can I ask you a question, Renz? He said, yes. Uh, oh, I won't, I won't take off his voice because <laughs> no. people will say that that's um, being racist. But he said... Uh, yes, I'm your friend. I said, um, how's the rooster going? Give it some hens. It's a bit frisky. Could you put it over the top of some hens at the minute just so it doesn't crow? And he said, oh, I beg your pardon? And I said, no, mate, I'm only joking. He said, oh, and he laughed. He thought that was very humorous. I <laughs> uh, didn't fix the phone. But then anyhow. I multi, a, multi-trillion dollar company and, and yep. still we got someone from the Philippines. So then we that's, went, how, that's why they're so a million dollar company. we went yeah. to the Genius Bar here in Maribyrnong ah. at Knife Point. Knife Point. <laughs> knife Point. Knife Point. Got the knife out, did you see And um, uh, there were 50 people in at the Genius Bar working for Apple, uh, fixing all the complaints. How long and was the wait, Sam? Did you have to wait long? No, or they saw to, you and you no, went to the front no, of the queue? No, 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 you got to make an appointment. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I made an appointment the week before. And the only reason this is a clumsy way of getting into this, yep. if I can find it, uh, can I find this? That I, um, that I, um, so it came on my phone. Where is it? Uh, oh, gee whiz. It came on the phone. About the appointment. Oh my God! Why can't I ever find things? Why, why can't I? Find Sam things? Newman and technology. Oh, <laughs> Almost as good as Don. <laughs> now I'm going to say so. Apple um, take this very seriously, I presume. So the here it comes. So this is they sent me a message from uh, New York or wherever it says the update. This is the thing. This update introduces additional security measures with stolen device protection. This release also includes a new unity wallpaper to honour black history and culture in celebration of Black History Month in the US, as well as other features, bug fixes and security updates for your phone. So, no, besides them telling me that they're working on the phone, they had to tell me that we are, um, uh, we are just, uh, what are we doing? We're um, I think maybe they fixed recognising your phone. unity wallpaper to honour black history. Well, th- th- what I relevance does that have? Thank you so much for that. Uh, if you could just fix my fucking phone, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get on to the black unity uh, um, uh, celebrations when you fix my phone. So that was him. So, so, so was it a software problem or a hardware problem? Was it they were going to give you a new phone? Well, I, I said I got reasonably angry with the man in uh, whose rooster wouldn't stop uh, crowing. Crying. And, and I said, and I said, could I, could I point out, Renz, I'm not speaking to you specifically. <laughs> and then I opened up a bit. I said, this is a fucking disgrace. This phone I'm holding here could launch the space shuttle, and mm. you're telling me that you can't organise my phone to take iMessages, whatever that means, because you press them and they disappear. And um, I said, I want my money back or I want a new phone. And he said, well, we can't give you a new phone. Ah, I'm not speaking like him. I'm sorry. Before you jumped It's Black History Month, remember, Sam? It's Black History Month. It's Philippine History Month too. Yep. So uh, he said, well, we can't give you a new phone. He said, we can only replace it with the model that you have. And I said, well, as it's faulty, why would I do that? He said, yes, you wouldn't do that. He said, so... If we can't fix it, you've got to go back to the retailer where you bought it, and then they put in a report. And I thought, holy mackerel! Uh, so anyhow, uh, bought or brought? The only thing brought. 
Bought. Bought. Yep. No, bought. 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 Oh, I, you purchased. I bought. Yes. So the only thing I got out of it was uh, they didn't fix the phone, but they did alert me to the fact that it was Black Unity Month uh-huh. and that I should celebrate it. So I'm doing that now Here if that are. makes Apple happy and they happen to hear this. That's it. Uh, so so that was uh, that was the Apple iPhone um, uh, saga. Um, so is it fixed? In the end, do you have a phone here today that works? As you well, it is fixed because I went down to the Telstra shop and the bloke changed the SIM card and it worked. And I thought, how would they not know that to do that on the other side of the world, the Apple people? Anyhow, there we are. The so genius bar solved it. The genius bar didn't solve it. Uh, the man down at the Telstra shop solved it. He oh, said, Telstra. why don't we try uh, putting a new SIM card, not a different number, but just... It might be a bug in the old SIM card, so yep. we put it in and bugger me down. That's the equivalent of turning it on and off again, basically. That is. Uh, no, it's not. And With it, a new SIM card. It got so hot, you couldn't handle it. Yeah. Ha, ha, really? Ha, and he said, oh, he said, now we, we'll get in touch with our what? We'll get in cards. touch with our fire control people or battery people. He said, we can't have that. I said, is it likely to catch fire like the Teslas? He's going to say, said, is, is it an electric vehicle? I same? did say to him, he didn't see the humour in this, I said, do Tesla make these phones? <laughs> and he said, what? I said, so no, I didn't go on with that. Uh, a lot of people don't get my uh, sense of humour. Uh, so so that was it. Now, I, I did, I, I, I don't know if you've got any uh, things to speak about. I've got a hundred things here to speak about where... No, it's going nicely. We won't go more than uh, more than ten minutes on this particular part. But you did send me, um, um, uh, Dick. Yes, Dick from Muff. You did send me a thing about Robin. Someone is disputing the absolute nonsense going on about climate change, and uh, we have been saying this. Not me necessarily, because I know nothing. But we had a man in here. I'm going to mention it again a bloke called William Kininmonth, who wrote Climate Change, A Natural Hazard. Everything he has said in that very good book has been absolutely vindicated by the naysayers and particularly this man called Robin who? What's his name? You sent it to me. On Closer, is he talking about? The winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics in 2022? Nobel. Yes, the Nobel Prize. Nobel Prize. Nobel uh, Prize. Where, 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 Shall where, I read it or you want to read it? Well, no, you read it, but, uh, okay. w- but w- I should have it here, but go on. Uh, it says, I can state with great confidence that there is no climate emergency. As much as this may be upset many people, my message is that the planet is not in danger. Atmospheric CO2 and methane have a minor effect on the climate. So far, we have totally poorly identified what the dominant process in climate control is, and all various models are based on incomplete and incorrect physics. The dominant process is the mechanism of the re- reflexivity thermostat of the solar light cloud. That's exactly what William Kaninmoth said yeah. and we said it's, it's, it's the, the relationship and the ocean. between the f- solar flares, yep. the moon, the sun, the tides, the yep. wind and he said the climate's been changing forever. He said and this mm. bullshit that people throw soup at the uh, uh, soup at the f- f- artwork in the Louvre. Yeah, uh, the, the Mona f- Lisa. The, I couldn't think of yep. the bloody word. Go. I couldn't think of the woman. Uh, the Mona Lisa. The, it is uh, glue mm. themselves to the road. It is absolute yeah. nonsense, and we are being we are being pushed and shoved by people who are on the take uh, for the financial gain they get for all these. 
uh, all these projects they do, it's just nonsensical. And it's also too, it's it's not. I mean, obviously, it's not just a greeny cause that people want to go out and hug a tree or whatever. I mean, mm. it's really affecting like farmers, for example, all over Europe right now are rebelling, like in in Paris, like farmers, because it affects you know these climate laws affect the ability for a country to make food. I mean, because, you know, incredible uh, laws and restrictions are being put on farmers. Also in Australia as well. But in Europe, there's a huge revolution and it's not on the news. In France, in, in, in Belgium, in Holland, in Germany, there are farmers who are dumping stuff all over the place. There's a huge... Re- in Spain, it's happening all over Europe, this huge protest because farmers are having their entire livelihoods destroyed by this climate change bullshit. If you are listening to this, um, maybe in Victoria or certainly maybe Australia, but if you're listening to this overseas, we have here a the former government started a project called the Westgate Tunnel, Westgate Tunnel Project. And not only is it, um, I think, $4 billion, billion over budget, that's not what it costs, it's $4 billion over budget. In the hole. Uh, but it is, I think, four years behind time, schedule, four years yeah. behind schedule. And um, I, I liken this. We have managed to uh, have a, 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 counter, um, a, a counter project. Uh, there's a church in Barcelona called La, Fimi- La Familia. Uh-huh. I've been to La Familia. Beautiful. And they started building that uh, 60 years ago. And mm. it is. Uh, they said it's nearly, uh, nearly near completion, and they think that'll be completed in uh, 2026. So that'll make it a 66-year project. I got a feeling we have got the Westgate Tunnel project is going to rival <laughs> La Familia. I yeah. don't think I'll be on the planet when it's finished. Um, I drove over. Uh, a, a road called uh, the Balti Bridge, and uh, that leads you out to the Tullamarine Air, and there is an airport, and there is two huge bridges going over the freeway I drove on, mm. uh, m- magnificent structures, and cost must have cost millions and millions of dollars, and I thought, gee, they're narrow bridges. What 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 is going to drive over that? And um, w- I, I looked up. I looked up the plan. They are bike and pedestrian bridges. You're kidding me. Bike and pedestrian bridges. <laughs> what a joke. Uh, if you've got to see, you've got where they're going to walk from. Who oh, God knows, <laughs> and where they're going to ride from. This is—you cannot believe—they've spent that money on building these huge bridges that have got towers and gantries and pylons and stanchions for people to walk and yep. ride their bike on. It is—it is extraordinary, and you wonder why. You wonder why we're broke. Mm. Uh, so, no, uh, and it's the same when you just come. For example, even coming here, you know, coming from the other side of town, you go through the city. All the bike lanes slow the traffic down through the city. So basically, what used to be a two or three lane road through the city is now a one lane, mm. and traffic takes it takes you about thirty minutes yep. just to cross the CBD to yeah. get over to this side of South mm. Melbourne, and it, and that is actually anti green because it keeps um, like you know traffic on the road longer, and uh, and yet the bike lanes are empty, Sam. Uh, well, it's not much fun when it's pouring down rain. I think people I, just jump in their cars. I keep saying all these are my... I, I noticed this and the phone and that. that Sue Stanley OAM um, uh, gives us all this information. Um, um, what? Researcher. Research, yes. So I don't like to claim uh, the fact that... Full ownership. No, full ownership of this. So so that's the West... So La Familiar and the Westgate, I reckon, will go into the record books. What is uh, the name of the church there, Sue? You've got it there on your phone. Yeah, it's called... 
I've been to it. It is a magnificent structure. In Barcelona, yeah? Yeah, Barcelona. It's called... I've been there. It's great. Gaudi, the Sagrade Familiar Basilica yeah, I've been in Barcelona. There. Yeah, and Barcelona. And it was started... Uh, there's various, uh, various dates that they've... Uh, they said it started in 1945, but I think it's been under construction for 65 years. And they've only just last year awarded it. It was being built without a construction permit. Yeah. So it cost them $35 million to get a permit. Unbelievable. Uh, or else they would have had to pull it down. That's what's again. happening on the other side of the world. Yeah, uh, yeah, while exactly. we're worrying about... Um, okay, we've got a lot to aspire to here in Victoria. <laughs> no, I mean, well, under Daniel Andrews, there are many projects. I mean, there's one out my way that's, that connects, like, Watsonia and Bulleen with, uh, with, like, I guess it bringing the Western Ring Road together. I don't know the name of the project. Is it North East Link North or something like that? Yep. But it looks like they're building two airports, one in, one in Bulleen and one in Watsonia. I mean, literally, it looks like they're building two Tullamarines. And they've been doing it for about 10 or 15 years. And I think it's got about another 10 years to go. So this is an all-points bulletin. Uh, two weeks ago, I was contacted by an ex-politician. Uh, and I spoke to her. Her name was Heidi Victoria. And she said she'd like to come in and be part of the panel here. Sure. And I said, Heidi, how fantastic. We'd like to have a female, uh, besides Sue Stanley, OAM, we'd like to have someone to sit over there and have a chat to us about what she thought was going on in the planet. Mm -hmm. So I said, yes, well, how about you come in... How about you come in... Um, Today. Message. We had Monica Smith last week. She was good. She was a good female didn't voice. give her the address. You oh, idiot. No. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. We're doing well, are we? I'm, I'm reading it. I'm reading out. I'll send you the address, Sam. I'm reading out. I'm reading out. I'm reading out my text. Hi, Sam. Heidi here. Can do Wednesday the 7th as early as you like. Let me have some fun. <laughs> I have texted back. We'll forward details <laughs> presently. And I never sent the text. Oh God, no, I did send the what text. What planet were you on? Is this the fault of the iPhone? Is this? Can we blame this on oh, the yeah, guy yeah. in Malaysia? Can we blame oh, this on Renzi and his uh, rooster? I'm going to put it away. That's extraordinary. I didn't. I didn't send her the details. You no. better get Renzi from the it. Philippines. I think it's Renzi's fault. It could I be the roosters. Shit. <laughs> I, that is. I'm going to try and do that. that that's me. It's I was you. about to belt the shit up. About to Sue, you're going to have to discipline oh, the situation. Christ. Oh, fuck. I tell you, I'm, I am gone. I am gone. I we need Don. Answer the phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is me. Here we go. Here we go. Hello, this is Heidi. Heidi. Yeah. This, this is Sam Newman. Uh, hey, now, how's now, going? now, Heidi, um, yes. uh, you're on. We, we are on the podcast as we speak, and I was just in the process of saying I don't know where Heidi Victoria's got to, because we had arranged for her to come in at nine o'clock today, and uh, yep. my um, the, my friend here, Suzanne Stanley, OAM said, did you send her the details? I said, of course I did. So she looked up the text. It looked up the text and it said, I will send details presently, Heidi. And I never sent the fucking details. Uh, I, and I was just about, just about to say, I don't know where Heidi's got to. We'd arranged for her to come in at 9.30. Yeah. It's now 10.30 and I 
have now been alerted to the fact I never told you where to come. So, <laughs> Heidi, this is the way I travelled. Oh, 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 Heidi, um, uh, Miss, uh, Miss Victoria or whatever you call yourself. I am so I'm sorry. Fine. Uh, Heidi, I am so sorry. You must have sat there and thought, well, shit, where do I go and when do I go? And I'm. I figured you'd get in touch eventually. Oh well, you're. We're doing it on air as we speak. So if you listen okay. to the podcast, uh, so Heidi, can I can I extend? <laughs> can I extend an invitation to come next week? And as when I hang up, I'm going to send you the details of where we actually are. I can. We'll check. Have a look we'll at check. Next week's diary. I am so very sorry. You must have thought, what in God's name is what? Am I, what? Who am I dealing with here? Oh, I'll tell you who you're no, dealing with. You're right. dealing with a fucking imbecile. Uh, so I'm very, very sorry, Heidi. That's uh, all right. Uh, no apology thank needed. Sue Stanley. And you can thank Sue Stanley. She said. You never got back to her. And I said, shit, didn't I? So we've rung you <laughs> on air to tell you that is exactly what's happening. And apologise. And I am apologising because I've been at, I've been saying Heidi's coming in and all that and that'll be good. And, uh, blah, blah. So there we are. So uh, that's 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 me. Next so week. Next yeah. one. I'd love to see you next oh, week. Oh, my God. Righto. <laughs> Thanks. We're ringing off now. Bye-bye. Well, that's how, that's how well I go. Uh, that's uh, what am I doing? So taking it off Bluetooth. Yes, take it off. Bluetooth. That's how it is. Now, February seventh. Uh, <coughs> I, I, I will tell you, I'm stopping now. We're going to come back. We're going to come back. Uh, I, I interviewed Pauline Hanson last week. Good so, girl. Yep. Um, we have Tim Watson Munro coming in. He's a clinical forensic psychologist, Ooh. and we've it. We're going to interview him, but we're going to hold him over because Pauline Hanson couldn't come into the studio because Parliament is starting this week in Canberra and we thought we would interview her last week and play it at the start of Parliament. So she is our uh, interviewee uh, at the end of um, the podcast. But we're coming back uh, after this, after I settle down and uh, ring Heidi uh, personally off air and say, I am so sorry about this. And we'll come back and I'll canvas a few other things and um, that people might find interesting. So just stand by. Here we go. Now, here we go. Go on, what, Ivan? No, no. Hit the button, boss. Mm.